Hey, what's up, and welcome to the Artist Exchange Radio Show here live only on BeExposedRadio.com. I'm your host, the bearded man, Nate. Um, I am really excited about today's show. Uh, we have a special guest, Ms. Sherry Shepard, that will be joining us uh, soon. She's also a host of her own uh, online um, show, a talk show. Uh, and I'm uh, today, I'm kind of feeling a little different. We missed um, Monday because it was Memorial Day and I was kind of still celebrating my birthday. And I, uh, okay. And uh, we were really excited about, um, well, I've been really excited about just turning a year older and what that would mean and Come to find out, we are in the middle of a pandemic, a quarantine uh, uh, for this year. And shout out to my really special uh, cousin. We're actually like birthday twins. Uh, we were born on the same exact day. Uh, my uncle's daughter, and my uncle and my mother are brother and sisters, duh. But that's her dad. And we were actually born on the same day. And uh, we've. As adults, we haven't really celebrated together. I think maybe once or twice we have, but uh, she really made it special because she stopped by uh, and brought me this huge pan of banana pudding. And I can't really tell you where most of it is right now. Uh, well, I probably could tell you where most of it is right now, but uh, it really made my day. Uh, it's probably one of the only one-on-one -on -one contacts that I had. And then... Um, the next day, I got to do like a road trip with one of my really good friends. Shout out to Sheena, who got me out, out, out the house <laughs> into a whole other state. Uh, and we didn't really do anything. We went up. Um, we just talked the whole time, laughed, had a lot of fun, um, and uh, just spent some personal time together. And uh, it was just fun to get out of the house finally. Like I've been going to the store and I've gone down to the um, station a couple of times and maybe to the post office, but nothing beyond that. Um, but I'm really um, excited about this. I, I have been excited. I've been really learning a lot about myself and really digging a little bit deeper into um, this who I am and kind of the things that I want. Um, and I am really just, just uh, okay. And I'm really just excited about um, this. What's to come? I've been planning a lot. I've been doing a lot. Uh, this past Sunday, we finished our sixth um, virtual performance, and now I'm working on the seventh one, and there's some subsequent ones as well. And turning this into a a platform for playwrights and actors alike. Uh, and we're even branching out to some visual artists. I haven't quite got to music yet because music is still a, a funny subject when it comes to online and the internet because uh, of the copyrights and things of that nature. And I am um, working with a number of other organizations. Uh, Troy Burton, who I we worked with this last sun, Sunday with the Real Nigga Show Reunion, uh, we're mounting, uh, well, he's producing a 
the 2020 version of it and we're working on um stream streaming it and what that would look like for full out production um so definitely look out for that um and like i said this for these uh artist exchange virtual artist series will be something that i think well i'm planning on moving forward with even once we're back to a new normal uh, and i'm really excited about what that would mean for everything um the question that I'm going to start off with today is, um, is what what is what is? Oh, I'll, I'll save that question for the end. My question to you now is, how do you feel with all the things that are going on, with everything that's happening, with being in quarantine, with fighting against being in quarantine, with you know some of us really going through some dark moments and some depression and some sadness. And like, for me, I'm, I'm going through this solo. Uh, how am I preparing myself for a, um, a different world? Um, and how am I dealing with this new world we're in right now? Um, so my question to everybody is, how are you feeling? Today's topic is what responsibility do media professionals have in all of this? And that's online media, like be exposed and artist exchange uh, and Sherry Shepard show uh, and uh, the general news anchors and journalists, um, newspapers, magazines, bloggers, vloggers, and just people with a social media platform that can post. What responsibility do we have in this moment, especially the ones of us who have uh who can generate a following and generate conversation and spark conversation, um, what responsibility do we have? And I purposely, I began to ask questions in certain ways on my uh, platform, not to necessarily elicit anger or frustration, but just to see, just do a taste test of what's going on, a temperature check rather, of what's going on and how people are feeling. Um, and I've had to really watch how I ask questions because it may spark a certain uh, type of conversation or a certain anger or emotion. Um, and I don't wanna enrage anyone or start fights or arguments, but I do like to do that temperature check. So today we're gonna talk a little bit about, well, a lot about uh, what that responsibility is and how we really need to manage it well. Um, and it's something that I really have taken into consideration through all of this. And um, I'm really excited that um, I've started to come up with some some pretty good ideas of what I can personally do uh, to kind of help uh, along this situation and not really um, keep out keep us kind of in a, a dark space. Um, so, without further ado, I'm going to welcome my guest in, uh, Miss Sherry Shepard. Coming in. Okay, so uh, as as Sherry is coming into the room, uh, I want everybody to one go to the Artist Exchange Radio Show page and like and uh, uh, comment on your favorite posts. Also, you can also go to uh, Big Exposes um, Big Exposes page on uh, on YouTube and like and subscribe to it. Also, to the Artist Exchanges page, a lot all of the a virtual series that we've been doing are all listed on there. And thank you to everyone 
who have been subscribing and commenting and liking and sharing. I really appreciate it. Um, without further ado, how you doing, Miss Sherry? Hi, I am better than amazing. How are you? I am great. I'm great. I'm great. Um, I have been following a number of your programs since this has started, um, and I wanted to, um, as as just a habit of mine, anybody that's doing what I'm doing, I always try to reach out to them and right. uh, try to form an uh, honest connection. And throughout this pandemic, I really have paid attention to um, what that is for me and how uh, we can really begin to really cultivate relationships and not the Hollywood kind where we like, hey, I'll, I'll share yours if you share mine, but really developing really um, strong connections with the people that we are working with, uh, especially right. within our black media community and our black right. entertainment and art community. We have to be allies because when this, when the doors finally open all across the country, we're going to need each other more than ever uh, to help promote our stuff. So um, I've really, uh, I really like your platform. I like your setup. Uh, Thank you. Uh, because we are, we're, this is new to us doing everything so yeah. personal at home. So I really like your, the flow of what you're doing uh, with your programming. Can you start off with telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, I am Sherry Shepard, recently married. Actually, I was just married August 24th of 2019. So I'm not even, I'm still newly. A newlywed. Um, <laughs> Congratulations. Am, oh, well, thank you so much. I am a minister in training. In fact, okay. I've finished my studies and prayerfully once this pandemic is over, I'll um, be scheduled for my initial sermon. Okay. Beyond that, I like to describe myself as a super entrepreneur. And when I say that, I mean, uh, I am one of the people who is like the Energizer Bunny. I just keep going and going. Um, mm -hmm. I am a business owner. I actually own Random Acts of Stylish, which is an online boutique. I am the president of um, God Squad Management. I manage talent, not just um, singers, but singers, actors, uh, models, and things of that nature. I also am a radio host, a TV show host, an evangelist, a motivational speaker, and I just talked to someone about um, getting back into modeling. So I am a, a, a what you would call a renaissance woman, trying to do all of those things for the glory of God. Amen, amen. How have you been able to... Um transition in this i mean because i know your your platforms are online but how have you been able to business wise transition in this pandemic well I, I i'd like to say before i go any further i just want to tell you thank you for um allowing me on on your show i've watched you as well and i think what you're doing is great um there aren't enough of us out there but mm -hmm. um we can we can know that uh god is building a mighty army we now you and I are connected and then we'll reach each one. We'll reach one and then we'll grow this network. <laughs> so I say thank you for that and acknowledge God as our Lord and Savior. Okay. Mm -hmm. To answer your question, how have I been able to transition? I like to say um, God has been preparing us, I believe, for yes. the transition and that mm -hmm. we have this wonderful thing called Zoom that you and I are using right now. We have Facebook Live. Um, we have Twitter. We have Instagram and all those wonderful platforms that have allowed people to get into the groove of and get used to the idea of being 
um, video in, in communicating via video. So the transition mm -hmm. has been pretty smooth for me in that um, my husband, uh, shout out to him, I know he's watching, is also my business partner and he's also my producer. So we um, just took what we were doing and said, okay, how can we flip it as, and keep it going and right. still make a difference? So in transitioning, it, it, it hasn't taken much because we had an in-home studio, but um, now we're, we're actually doing it and we're actually in the middle of a move now. So, <laughs> so um, but transitioning has been easy because we've just used what God has given us. We've used our talent and the technology mm -hmm. and just made it happen. It's, it's amazing how we are able to, uh, um, to transition. And it, it felt like a smooth transition for us as well. And this is a natural because we were already online. So it wasn't that much of a stretch. But for me, right. welcoming people into my home space was the most difficult decision. Uh, really? Uh, yeah. Because, you know, it's not the, you know, it's not the norm. Most of right. us try to be as private as we can be because we're so public in it. And I'm a performance artist and uh, artist in general. And it's been really hard to welcome people kind of into my home space because this no is used to be the space where you come to get away from everything else. So no opening doubt. that up and I'm, I'm like in my bedroom, actually. So that's <laughs> really opening it up. Um, and I, I really uh, I love the fact that many of us who are doing this are finding even more industry and even more opportunity within it, um, more so than what we were already doing before. Oh, you got to say so. Say yeah. so, yeah. What they even, say, uh, necessity mm -hmm. is the mother of invention. Yes, and, yes. And, and it's, it's been easy to really um, just find more to do. I've had to actually pull back because I'm a school teacher on top of being a uh, performance artist. So I run my own business. And now that school is kind of towards the end, we're now looking at more... Um, I'm still doing more acting classes and trying to figure uh, that part out. But I've, I've, I've been joking with uh, the station owner who's engineering the show today. Um, I feel like I've been working harder uh, from now, from this point, than I was prior to this. And I love it, uh, but it's forcing me to kind of keep that balance. How have you been able to balance all that you do and topple that with part of parts of your faith being, well, your faith being a part of what you do as well. And how do you find that balance? Well, how have you found that balance? Well, let me say first, I uh, totally agree with you. We would tend to believe that when we're working from home, because you have the comforts of home and the, the um, conveniences of home, that it would actually make you more comfortable. And right. that would maybe translate to you being um, a little more relaxed or lackadaisical, so to speak. But I, like you, have found that it has required more work, um, mainly because you go from having a team and a support to doing everything yourself. You understand what I mean? Yes. Uh -huh. um, like before you enjoyed uh, passing off a, an assignment or a task to someone else. But like now right. you have to think about everything um, beyond you and I having a script or even when it's unscripted, because I, I, I'm, a, I'm one who. Uh, does a lot of research whenever I'm interviewing because I, I want to know the subject. I want to have like an intimate uh, relationship with the subject that I'm that I'm speaking on, or, or at least come across as intelligent. And mm -hmm. so, um, in, in in addition to doing the research, then you have to also 
do um, the setup. You have to also do the production. And as I said, my husband is is my partner, so that makes it a little bit easier. But right. to to be totally honest, balancing has come just from um, the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. Because if it were up to Sherry, I would never, I would never sleep. I would never sleep, and I've always, always been this way. Like I, I run on very little sleep. In fact, I find that if I sleep too long, I, I get a headache. And so, mm. I, I, and I think also having a partner has helped me to balance because, I, as I said, I'm newlywed. Just um, this time last year, yeah, this time last year, I, I was, I was single and I, and I lived alone, and so I could stay up all night if I so choose, you know, I could watch TV and turn on lights and make noises and stuff like that. But now having a partner that has helped me find balance because I have to respect his time. I have to respect his downtime and his rest time and his needs. And, and so I balance being a, a wife and, and being a business person and also ministering because we still have to do that in fact, but the balance comes mainly from the leading and the guiding of the Holy spirit, because it is not by my own volition that I am able to right. That would I think that was the most difficult part for me setting boundaries with Tom, uh, because the first couple of weeks, like my eyes would be so dry and heavy, and and I wouldn't think to like stop and go to sleep, but I was still like going through researching new guests and right. kind of doing the research for the guests that I have coming up and trying to plan new virtual events. Uh, I became this virtual event planner of sorts and producer. It. And it, it really, I was like, no, you have to go to sleep now. Uh, and you really have to put time into balancing your schedule. Now, if I'm asleep during the morning time, which I can't do because I'm a teacher, I have to find moments to rest so I'm not up all night and I'm not right. trying to, you know, do everything within 24 hours just because I have 24 hours now yeah. to work from one space. Uh, but it really, I, it forced me to create a schedule. Um, how, no, good at, how good are you with schedules in terms of I'm going to do this from this time to this time to this time? Well, you know what, Nate? I like the idea of schedules. Um, <laughs> however, I'm not, I'm, I'm always, I'm always, I want to be married to a schedule, but I find myself always divorcing the schedule because mm. like I am one who like, once I delve into something, I'm on it. I'm like a dog with a bone. I'm, I'm like, I just keep going and going and going. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you know how it is when you're researching something, someone, something else will open up and then uh, another something will open up. And, and because right. you want to be so thorough and you, so, you mm -hmm. want to be so well informed, you just keep going. And so actually I think that being at home and working from the home uh, intensifies that for me because I don't have to leave. Like you're not in the office where somebody's turning off the light at four o'clock and saying, get out. You understand right. what I mean? Mm -hmm. I have a home office and I can be in my home office all night and get this. My husband uh, works five, five nights of the week. He works overnight. And oh, so okay. it's, like, it's like, okay, I get to, I, so I get, I'm like, I'm, I'm just like, like I said, like the energizer buddy, I just keep going and going. It's hard. It, it's been so hard to, and, and mind you, this is my, my radio studio. This is my, I do jewelry. You can see the jewelry up on up behind I me. I see that. I, I was checking out your background. I'm like, okay, that's Every, <laughs> Everything, like everything. This has become my one-stop center of, of office. And, and I got joked a lot because our studio, I used to be up be there till late at night sometimes because I didn't like having to work at home. 
So I would do everything that I needed to do in that office or at my school office, everything that I needed to do. And then I would come home and then home was just a place to go to sleep. But now it's my restaurant, my playtime, my office work, everything. And then the biggest thing that I had to do was set up a, a, a designated office space at my home to do everything because my bed began to look like everything that I love. No doubt. Exactly. And I was like, <laughs> and it's just, it's just me. So I don't, I, I'm not, I don't have a spouse. So it's, <laughs> it gave me more room, but it was starting to become a real problem for me. So but now, you, go ahead. But do you love it though? Do you love it though that you can be home and, and like you said, have like the one stop shop for everything. Isn't that cool though? I love it, but I miss being able to go outside of the home. Oh, and, you do? And I, cause I don't really, my job, you know, like what we do often work is our entertainment and work. So yeah. we're going to events and we're going to this person's thing and we're creating things. So that became what I do. So I didn't really do much outside of that um, other than spend time with my friends or the person I'm in a relationship with. Other than that, it, it wasn't like work was work and home was just to sleep and get dressed and shower. No right. So I had to make my home a home again. I had to actually make it a home and make it a space for myself to be able to you know, do all these things, but find time to just simply rest. Exactly. Uh, but um, in terms of being media, how long have you had your platform? Can you give me just a second? Go because ahead. Somebody, some brilliant person has decided to uh, to do some landscaping at right. almost six o'clock on a Friday evening, and I don't want it to. So just give me a second. Okay. My window is open. So in terms of the conversation today, we're talking a lot about the 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 responsibility of media and uh-huh. what and what we have um, the responsibility we have in terms of the platform we have. Because many right. of us, even people who just have a Facebook page or Instagram, and we can post something, I think there's a responsibility on that uh, on that path as oh, well as. For us who have chosen this as our career, I think we have a strong responsibility in what we put out there. We have grown because we have a lot of these salacious uh, platforms that are sprouting up. People don't even read articles anymore. So the the validity and the legitimacy of these articles or these uh, conversations are null and void because people stop at the at the head. Right, the byline. Right, that's all they. That's all they're gonna. Well, if it were a newspaper, it would just be the byline. Right, absolutely. Right, so people have stopped even going into the article and reading it or watching the whole video. They find the most salacious part, and that's the part that goes on social media, and it becomes a thirty-second news clip. uh, That is that is going now. News sources are getting their news from us. Exactly. If we get enough views. They start pulling our stories or right. our perspective on the story, and the consumers are just left to basically take whatever they can get, and they're not. And we are, as consumers, aren't being responsible enough to actually read it. Like now, now, especially at the station, we're we're told to like read the article more. Like, don't just of post course. something, but read the article because the article could be ten years old or just right, false. Right. Right. You know, it, right. it could just be or often what I'm saying now, the headline or bylines or headers 
have nothing to do with, with the, the actual article. content. Or it may be this what just happened to Biden. That was the last moments of that platform, that program. Exactly. And that's what they titled it as. Like exactly. that. But what responsibility, just to jump into the conversation, what responsibility have you decided to have in being well, a person that that's bringing news to people? Well, you know what? Because I am who I am, um, and I believe in um First and foremost, honoring God in everything that I do. I understand that, um, and I'm sure you're familiar with that. That the the idea that there is what is called um, journalistic journalistic ethics, uh-huh, and exactly. they have like four points for journalistic ethics, and they one is to um, to seek and to tell the truth. Another is to um, always be transparent and um, forthcoming. Another is to um, be independent. And and another is to um, do no harm. And it's it's kind of weird because that sounds kind of like the same oath that doctors take. And you know that in those things, we could break it down like uh, the first being to, to tell the truth. Well, I know that it is my responsibility as a journalist, because when you think about it, that's what you and I are. We're, we're journalists. Right. We're telling mm-hmm. stories. But I, I I find it my responsibility as first a minister and then a journalist to feed God's people. But mm-hmm. like in feeding God's people, you you have two options. You can even feed them trash. Yeah. You know, that that is no good for them. It's like feeding somebody um, fast food every single day of their life. Or you can right. feed them something that's good and wholesome and soul feeling and for feeling. And that's like mm-hmm. um, the alternative, tr- feeding somebody a four course meal with vegetables, a protein and that kind of thing. I, I think that the responsibility falls solely on us. It really does. Like I can't right. look at what Nate is doing and say, I'm going to one up Nate. Yeah. Because in trying to one up Nate, um, the story may lose, may lose its truth. You know, integrity and and the integrity of it for sure. Uh And so I I, because I I do have that journalistic spirit, I do follow those four things and I do take it seriously because you know that they call like journalism uh, or journalists are like the the fourth uh, branch of the (laughs) of the government, so to speak. They call us the fourth branch because we're the watchdogs and it's incumbent upon us to keep all of the other folks in the executive and the legis- legislative and uh, the other branch of government, it's incumbent upon us to keep those 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 guys honest. And so we even see it with, right. what's going on right now with the president and uh, Twitter now saying enough is enough because he has been so grossly negligent and irresponsible in what he says. Mm. And, he, and he will just flat out say a lie. He will just flat out tell a lie. And they say if you tell a lie enough times, it becomes the truth. And so you can see the effects, hallelujah, you can see the effects of what our president even is doing to our society. He's told so many lies and he's he's created so much angst and he's uh, cultivated so much hate that now you can see it it is is exploding, it's spreading. It's happening in our, um, with our police, most most recently with the George Floyd situation. Um, it's and, and all the rest, none to be diminished because everybody's everybody's story has been impactful and everybody's story has been um, 
very, very enlightening, but at the same time, disheartening. So I to, to, to just say, to sum up what you asked about being um, responsible, I find it my duty almost. I'm not going to say almost. It is definitely my duty to be mm-hmm. responsible because if I'm to bring something to the people, then um, uh, I feel like, okay, at the end of the day, I will have to literally answer for whatever it is that I put out. And at, at one point, media simply was radio, magazines, television, newspapers. And this thing called internet, and most specifically social media, has played a very ugly role in where we are, especially in the last maybe like, I'll say the last eight years, nine years, since, not since, but more so around the time Obama, like the internet and social media became a a powerful tool, and now more so a weapon. Because yeah. I don't understand how we could have a president who is acting as a dictator uh, from a Twitter page. Amen. Amen. And they're talking about really restricting the rights of social media outlets because they are fact-checking him. Exactly. Uh, but this this new uh, source of media, I believe, is as much of uh, a tool as it is a weapon. Uh, Amen. We, got, we got Obama elected. Uh, president because of it, yet um, some really great people who could have been really great leaders in this country have been torn down because of it. Amen. And I think truth will always rise, but it's been used as a weapon more so in the last three or four years because the truth has been turned into this thing called perspective. And that's not truth because uh, those things that you named, uh, integrity, uh, being direct and honest, and that that big one that is kind of in between all of those is being unbiased. The media right. is supposed to be unbiased. Right, it's not right. supposed to choose a side. Right, it can right. it can show its support, but it's not supposed to report right. uh, from a perspective like Fox News does. Right. Where you can clearly tell it's one sided. But right. this whole thing, I've I've been watching a lot of bloggers and podcasters and and YouTubers lately. Um, and, and media, because everything has turned into blogging and vlogging now. Uh, but I've been watching a lot of them, and I noticed perspective has become the new way. Oh, of you better say news. so. Yeah, it has. It has nothing to do with has absolutely nothing to do with the fact. It's like, I, you know what? I just had the conversation with like my mom about this, and it is it is, it has become such a part of um, how we think about things that right. now. You, you even hear people say this idiom, I feel like. Right. It, it, the, yes. Just people saying, I feel like, instead right. of I believe or I know to be true, I feel like this and I feel like that. And I always laugh when I hear uh, people say it because they're, they're speaking the truth. They really are speaking what they feel like. And like right. you said, it is perspective. And of course, we know um, perspective dictates whatever your reality is. And like you it's may see scary. something, you may it's, see something and and, uh-huh. and and you may process it totally different based on your background, your experiences, your race, your gender, your likes, right. your dislikes, your upbringing, your education. And and I may see something and it's totally different to me. So yes. you're absolutely right. The, the, the media has been polluted, um, shall we say, with perspective. And uh-huh. people have gotten so away from telling the truth. In fact, um, because of how we live in this um, socially 
uh, or no, let's say, let's say politically correct um, society where you can't tell the truth anymore because you may offend somebody. And so we have gotten to a place where we're walking on eggshells about what we say. And then yeah. we have to, we can't speak the truth because we may offend someone. And we also um, either, or if we speak the truth, it's a, a watered down version, which really isn't the truth. Right. It's, it's, it's uh, and I, that whole thing, I feel that perspective uh, form of journalism is so, it's, it's, it's where it really started with bloggers. So now bloggers have become media outlets Amen. by default. Yeah. And it's a blog can be personal and, yeah. and even yeah. and it's supposed to be personal to the writer, but right. we have people creating news. And now because of everything that happened uh, over the last couple of years, people are going more to social media outlets for news versus going to the actual news. They really uh, the, the are. general they news. They really are. They really and it's are. scary. It's, it's scary that a person's perspective can skew everything. It, 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 can, it can mean the difference between us having Trump for another four years or so. another candidate. Well, yeah, I, I, let me tell you something, Nate. I, this is, mm -hmm. I, it's just something, and, and I don't think it's by happenstance, but I just had a, um, a whole exchange on Facebook with a, a friend of mine. Uh -huh. It was a, man, a young man who talked about um, voting, and he said okay. that he does not vote because he knows that God is in control of all things. And so a lot of times I'll scroll down and, um, I, and, and I just maybe stop and pray for people when I see things. But when I'm led by the Holy Spirit to speak, I speak. And so to this gentleman, I responded. I, I asked him about what he was saying, pretty much challenged what he was saying. And, and I went into telling him that, of course, we know God is in control of all things. But God does. God gives us, first of all, wisdom to make decisions. And secondly, God, the word of God tells us faith without works is dead. Yes. You know, so God called that means we're called to action, to move in faith. And uh, we also know the word of God speaks about not taking, uh, not testing the Lord, which means like, um, and this is also applicable to the people who talk about uh, not believing in God. And so they're not going to wear masks because they won't get sick um, to them. I say you're the say if you get in your car and and you fasten the seatbelt because it's a safety precaution. Or if you wash mm -hmm. your hands just regularly before you eat your meal, before because it's a safety precaution. Or guys, if you go out um, and play football and you cover your genital areas with a cup because it's a safety precaution, yep. all of these other things are two safety precautions. You can't um, straddle the fence, so to speak. Say, I'm going to fasten my seatbelt. I'm going to wash my hands. I'm going to um, I'm going to listen to the airline uh, stewardess as she tells me how to save myself if this plane crash, but then take mm -hmm. the same posture. On the other hand, I'm just going to do what I want to do and trust in God. So I said to this young man, I said, you can't do that. But the reason why and my husband sometimes is like, well, Sherry, you know, why are you concerned? And I said to him, I'm concerned because he has the ear of the people. Yeah. And so he has the potential to discourage somebody from going to the polls. Right. And he has right. the potential to turn somebody's uh, mind in, 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 in a different direction. So it's incumbent upon me to speak on it because maybe yeah. the people who are reading his, his post and then reading the responses can also have an informed uh, in a different point of view. And so we went back and forth 
And then it kind of, I felt like it kind of turned negative on his part. And so mm-hmm. I said to him, and then I thought, I said, thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Because I, I said to him, mm-hmm. um, what I don't like is when people post things on a public forum, but then get upset because people, uh, 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 readers or viewers challenge what they post. Number one, right. I have a problem with that. And secondly, I have a problem with people who take the posture of it's my way or the low way. And I'm, and I was praising God because after I wrote that to him, I said, I'm going to write a sermon that my way or the low way. And I went on to break down to him. The low way is, is, um, you know, the, it's a play on the work on the idiom, we, my way or the highway. But in this case, it was my way or the low way mm-hmm. in the low way being, okay, either you agree with what I say, or I, I begin to, um, insult you or berate yeah. you or degrade you. And that's just what, it just shouldn't be that because even in the media or even as, as posters, because we're talking about digital footprints and we need to mm-hmm. understand that everything that we post lends and adds to our digital footprint, whether we right. like somebody else's post, whether we post something ourselves, we are building a digital footprint, footprint. and everything uh-huh. has the potential to impact others. Especially and and especially especially if you are someone who's in the public eye, such as a performer, um, a leader, or something in any kind of capacity, then you have that. There's a certain level of responsibility that comes with that. And so, yeah, it it, it is tremendous. It really does. Um, it does. It scares me how uh, it almost feels like a. Uh, a territorial thing that we now have specifically with posting, um, whether it be for a show or whether it be for your personal opinions, just the disregard that we have for other people and their perspectives. Um, right. and, and I get that a lot. So I've learned how to push back a little bit from posting on people's pages because people <laughs> get this, this, uh, this attitude or this arrogance uh, well, don't come on my page if you don't right. believe what I believe. Like nobody wants to be challenged anymore. Everybody Amen. wants their perspective. And the problem has become that type of promotion or media has grown because it has more attention. Uh, it has more uh, uh, followers. And right, that right. has become the standard. Oh, you better Realizing, I used to call it that... Uh, self-published perspective you better say you can write anything you want and because it's bound in a book that means it's knowledge and that's so far from the truth because anybody could put anything in a book to answer to anybody and 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 sell it to you and and people have become to people began to develop a mindset and a perspective and a way of life based on someone's self-published opinion. Oh, you better say so. And then you're going on with a lot of people who are legends in their own mind. You yes. have a lot of folks who are legends in their own mind. And uh-huh. I, I, like you, have learned to push back. Uh, I step away. Yes. But and, and as I said, I'm led by the Holy Spirit because I see a whole bunch of tomfoolery, craziness, people yes. post, and I just, hmm, you know, mm-hmm, okay, and keep it moving. Um, and it is, un- it's just an unfortunate thing because as you said, um, it used to be once upon a time, um, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, as a, as a media personality, it was the whole thing of sex cells and yes. now it's, it's sex and everything else salacious and 
underhanded and skullduggery and not of God itself. Mm-hmm. And so people like um, um, people will even have like um, practically new pictures up just to get somebody to, to look on their page. Or and I see it a lot with the Instagram. Every time I open up my Instagram, it's somebody's story has some girl half naked or some craziness on it. And it and it's done to get people to um, click on because it's about right. getting those views and it's about getting those likes. And it this this way that of life that we're into now is really conditioning us to be a desensitized, disconnected people. And that bothers me because I come from a time and I'm not old, but I feel very old because I came up in a household where my parents talked to us. We had um, we had family meetings. If somebody right. had a problem, my parents called us all down. Um, it usually ended. It usually uh, transpired. You, somebody started crying because that was that was like eight of us. So we were like the black Brady bunch. <laughs> it were eight kids, and then our parents. And, oh, wow. and so you know, somebody somebody else might be angry. Somebody else might be in tears. Somebody else might be an advocate for the person in tears. But at the end of the day, we worked it out. We knew right. how to converse. We knew how to communicate. And I thank God that our parents did that for us because it made us excellent communicators. But with this whole atmosphere and this social media uh, platforms and this whole, like you said, people are uh, published, self-published <laughs> perspectives mm-hmm. and legends right. in their own mind. They're taking it to a, they're taking it to a different place. And it's a, and I'm sad to say it's an ugly, it's an ugly place. It is. It's, it's definitely, it's not healthy. It's not a uh, good place. I'm going a, I'm to a take the last thing you said, and it was um, more more so uh, in line with what we're talking about today, about our digital footprints and, and really giving, giving voice to negativity. In this moment, I really feel that we are losing our ability to communicate, even though most of us are communicating more virtually than we ever did before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, I feel that there is a, it feels almost like people are pulling away from what would be healthy face-to-face com, uh, communication. Exactly. And I, I think I, I, I've been saying this since the beginning of this pandemic started uh, in terms of the quarantine, uh, when uh, they should not have called it social distancing they should have called it physical distancing because exactly. we would have That's mentally separated ourselves, but kept the lines of communications open. And right. despite us, despite us communicating more, uh, it's it's from a distance, and people That's aren't true. really listening to each other. We can hear true. that on 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 Zoom meetings or whatever platform you're on. It, it becomes a bunch of noise because people aren't in tune with each other. Like Amen. for me, I read, I'm, I can't look at the camera anymore. And I've been told that that's how we make communication, but I'm always fixed on the person that I'm speaking to or the people that I'm speaking to, because it helps me to gauge whether to cut in or fill in the dead space or right. listen versus being heard. And right. I think those basic skills are being lost right now. As Definitely. media, how can we, how can we promote that so people can begin to do it more and we can get back into a space or I don't think we ever were there. 
to be perfectly honest. But how can we get to a place where we're actually able to hear each other and listen to each other? How can we as media uh, kind of set that example now, in your opinion? In my opinion, I think that um, media will do itself a great favor in going back to the basics. Okay. Um, like okay. I am a, definitely an advocate of technology. I think it's awesome and wonderful. Um, I could talk to somebody in Zimbabwe today mm. in a way that I could not before, but I very much agree with you. It's, it's, it's weird. It's almost an oxymoron that we are more connected than we have ever been, but we, we're also more disconnected than we've ever been. Mm -hmm. You know, like I know now that people would prefer to text than to call on the phone. They right. prefer to text than to hear human voice. I, I think the way we could do it uh, is go back to the basics. Going back to the basics, meaning um, Nate, once this is over, calling me up and says, Sherry, um, yeah, let's have a conversation, but not this Zoom thing. Um, I, let's come in and, and sit down and have, have a face-to-face -face conversation and see what people are doing. I think right. that, that way we can do it by encouraging face-to-face -face interaction. I think we could do it by discouraging everything else. Yes. And, you, you know, in other words, like um, I see a lot of businesses and a, a lot of uh, personalities who are who uh, are like promoting their products. I see them try to use um, they use technology like um, mm -hmm. click on this and fill out that and you'll win this or do this and do this and you'll win that. I think if we had more go see events, like come out and see, and yeah. it would encourage people to have interaction. I, I, yeah. I believe that, like, like I said, just going back to the basics, picking up a phone, hallelujah, because people don't do it anymore. Pick up a phone and yeah. call someone and encourage others to do the same. I've seen some commercials where um, you have some personalities actually um, advocating that they're advocating and they're they're promoting and encouraging people picking up the phone and i think that's a very good thing because we've gotten away from that mm -hmm. you know like i'm i'm a i'm a admittedly a, a mama's girl to the core i talk to my mom just about every day and never two days or three days go by you know between me talking to my mom i can't right. imagine being but i also had i also see like a lot of young people who text their parents and that's good enough for them. And some of them go weeks without talking to their parents. I absolutely couldn't imagine that for myself and my mom's relationship. So I would say, as I said, go back to the basics uh, with face-to-face -face conversations um, and, and encouraging interaction and picking up that phone. It really, it really says a lot about where we are when people don't want to, uh, they don't want to pick up the phone with me and my friends or even business relationships. If you send me enough emails back to back or enough tech, I'm going to pick up the phone. And if you <laughs> don't answer, then we, that communication is cut off for that moment. Uh, right. Because I think people have gotten so lazy in their inability to want that face to face or that personal right. contact with people that it is now being reflected on how we talk to each other or yes. how we broadcast news because it becomes so impersonal to people that right. they're just spewing off something that they either wrote down or something that they heard somewhere else. And it's not personal anymore. And it's very one-sided and it's, it has little to no factual information. And I, even for this one, 
my preparation that went into it. I wanted to come up like you were kind of listing all of the the, the media roles and responsibility. Uh, and, And a lot of that, I wanted to be able to get to that. But like you said, going back to the basics of what we do this for, I think a lot of us need to go back to that. I think a lot of us will understand that we're doing this for likes and giggles and the the selfies versus really reporting news. Halfway, I've been doing, I've been at the station for a number of of years now. And maybe after the first year, I got really bored with doing hot topics. Now, I'm not saying that's bad because some people do it and they're great at it. Right, right. me, I had to stay in my lane and speak, speak on what I knew. And not trying to, I don't care about rich people problems. Thank I don't you. care about social media influence or reality show. I don't, if it doesn't pertain to me teaching a lesson, Thank I can't you. really uh, Oh, we're right here. We are we're right here because right. I'm telling you, this is the conversation I have with my husband and my family all the time. Mm-hmm. I I know God has just um been grooming my entire life for this, mm-hmm. for times such as this for a job such as this and an assignment such as this, because when I was very young, I, I would um, speak to, I would sit outside of my grandmother's house and, and just talk to random people. And, right. the, you know, my sisters or my mom now would discourage me from talking to people like, girl, you best, you don't know that person. You understand <laughs> what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and then, and, and then I was one who spoke out. Like right. my cousin would get angry at me and not, and shoot me and like, go away, Sherry. Because, um, I, if they were doing something they had no business doing, I was like the first one, hey, I'm going to tell. And then I also was the one who was always speaking about righteousness and um, right versus wrong and this kind of thing. And so they got to the point where they would be like, get off your soapbox. Hallelujah. And I just thank God, I'm like, hallelujah, because I think I'm thinking as I'm speaking to you of how God has been grooming me for this. I'm very much like you. I, I, I love, I, uh, God bless people with what they do. But yeah. I am. Um, I, I feel that I'm. I'm called and compelled to be a teacher, and so I can't. I. I won't feel fulfilled if I had a show and I didn't offer um, some good, solid information. I want people to watch and walk away and feel like they've been fed. I want them to be fed intellectually, and I want them to be fed emotionally, and I want them to be fed spiritual, spiritually. And so, I just can't. I can't see myself being that person, like you said, doing just hot topics or um, what's or mm-hmm. pop culture, what's going on with the celebrities, what's going on with the athletes. And again, no shade to the people who do it because the people who do it, they do a wonderful job at it. But personally, it just wouldn't make me feel fulfilled because I feel that like God is calling me to something different. And you re- you're very much right in saying that everybody is called to something and you should, like you said, stay in your lane. If you're an educator, then be an educator and not worry about how many likes you'll get or how many people will tune in because I've, I'm under the mindset and I've seen it happen. And I know it to be true that if you're doing what God calls you to, then the yeah. people will come. Yeah. The people will come because yeah. God, if, if you're doing what God has called you to do and God has made you an orator or God has made you an evangelist, well, God didn't make you that to talk to nobody. You understand right. what I mean? God knows what he purposed you for. So if you're operating in your purpose, hallelujah, and your purpose is to speak to the people, then the people will come. You don't even, yeah. you don't even have to worry about it. 
and and I, I I believe that more than ever now. I believe that more than ever now because it's something that I really uh, I hold tight to when it comes to me doing this. And I'll say two things. Because this is your lane doesn't mean that you don't have to work hard for it or don't have to prepare for it. Oh, and on Jesus. the flip side of that, it doesn't limit you. It doesn't limit what you're capable of. Right. I, I teach. I'm a jewelry designer. I direct plays. I went to school to be an actor, so that's what I do mostly. Uh, right. I perform. Uh, and now I'm a radio personality for uh, over seven years now. Like, So I have possibilities, and you can grow and learn. Of but course. Saying, I think, I think when people here stay in your lane, they feel limited and restricted. Staying in your lane is creating the path that you are supposed to be going on. There's right. a meme that I share. I share every year uh, on New Year's, New Year's Eve. It's kind of like my last post for every year, and it's the person that's swimming in their lane, and they're behind the person that's in the lane beside them uh, because they're focused on that person who is beating them right. uh, often winning over you. They're too focused on that person and what they're doing that they don't realize how far behind they are. Yeah, exactly. uh, and I, that's one of my last posts for every year because it was it's the first thing that I want people to see from me. And it's the first thing that I want to see from myself every year. Uh, and I post that because it's, it, it has helped me to stay in my lane as I'm learning how to be a journalist and how to be a reporter in this media world. I'm learning how to stay focused on what what your strong suits are. While you build up those other things, really stay focused because it'll keep your integrity going. I don't want a bunch of numbers if all those people are only here for the salaciousness. Amen, amen. I'm not that person. And again, I don't put down anybody for their lane, but I'm I'm not here to be Wendy Williams. I can't, I could never be her. I would never want to be her. That's just not my style of being a Uh, But today's topic was really uh, built because I was starting to see a lot of ugliness in terms of how we're reporting things. And the responsibility, it seems like it went out the out the oh, window. It has. It because has. we we say whatever we want to say, and now people have started to use these little banners and be like allegedly, allegedly, and and not realizing that's a legal that's legal terminology, terminology that exactly. they're being irresponsible with, because somebody exactly. can still sue you with you saying allegedly because right. you're still spreading false narratives out there right. because it's your perspective and not the truth that right. you're spreading out there. And right. I'm 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 uh, I'm kind of on the fence with even wanting to begin to report any news anymore because I see how ugly it's gotten. It has it it really has. It has gotten ugly um and I think mainly because we are now moving to a society that celebrates all the wrong things. Um, right. We celebrate um, ignorance. We celebrate um, disrespect. We celebrate right. violence. We have a leader who just said um, once the looting starts, then the shooting's going to start. Mm-hmm. You understand what I mean? That's totally inappropriate. That's not presidential behavior at all. But yet, this is what we call our president. We have people who are um, like like you had the, the guy who killed, and I'm going to say he murdered. Um, he murdered Mr. Floyd on the streets. 
And then yeah. you have people who were rushing there, uh, rushing to like uh, Minneapolis to get the news. Um, again, I go back to the whole journalistic ethics and they talk about um, minimal, minimal, minimize harm. And when, yeah. that's, when they say that minimize harm, that speaks to knowing and having uh, um, discretion to know that you can post anything and everything, but not everything needs to be posted. Right. You understand what I mean? You right. can post everything, but not everything needs to be posted. A lot of people are, are, are posting and people then, dead in the streets because right. they're trying to get likes and views, not considering that if you're on the scene and somebody's just ca- killed and you're, po- and you're like going live and have a camera on that person, their family may not have even been notified. You understand what I mean? And that would be a, what a horrible way to find out that something so horrible happened to your family. But yet still you have people who are doing that because we're, we've gotten away from the whole idea of seeking and reporting the truth and then um, doing it independently without bias. We've gotten away from those things that we move, we're moving to that whole uh, thing about being popular. I, and I think when you, when you strip it all away, that's really what it is, it's about. It's like we got, um, I, I was talking about, I'm going to do a, a sermon on selfies. Because if you think about selfies, the root of the word selfie is self. We're yeah. so, we're so uh, concentrated on ourselves. We're self-absorbed and, and self-indulgent. And all yeah. those self-words that we've gotten away from. Self-serve. The whole- I, I, posted, I posted a post. Self-serving, self-loathing. You better uh, say self- it. You better it's say selfish. It. Like Thank it's a whole, and all, it's crazy that all, all of them of mean the self. same thing. Exactly. All of these selves. And I think what journalists have forgotten in all of that is that really, um, and I, and I love God because he, 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 um, I guess he grew me this way because if you think about it, journalism and ministry goes hand in hand. We are, we are to serve the public. We are public servants, but if yeah. you don't see yourself as a public servant, you see yourself as this is all about me. I'm trying to get likes and views. I'm trying to sell my t-shirts or whatever people have that have all these other agendas then clearly you can't serve the public. And if you're not willing to serve the public, then you have no business being uh, a journalist. And it really, it it has a lot to do with all those selves. I, I've po- just posted this last week, the self-serving, self-loathing, self, self, self-appreciating. And, and it, it used to be, and I, I really don't want to go backwards because I believe the videos and the, people pulling out the camera phones has helped us to be able to see the disrespect that we've been getting as black oh, people yeah, it has, in this it has. country. But we had, like you said, there used to be a moment where reporters would go out into the community, get the information, come back and report it. Now it's not even I've I've become so numb to watching someone being physically killed on a news platform or right. on somebody's selfie. And right. I'm not a person that is desensitized by a lot of things, but exactly. that is crazy that I've gotten to a point where I vividly, and it, it, it clicked in my mind when I watched Philando Cat still be killed. And I speak about right. him a lot because right. Right. that was the first time that it was so apparent. It Wasn't was not an accident. Right. It was not. And he said, I have a gun in the car. And, yes. But and you they, watched and, it happen. And he was still killed like a dog. Yes. 
And we see these things happening and there's no integrity in the news reporting anymore. Exactly. Because I'm willing to show you any and everything. So exactly. we'll be number one. So we'll be on top. So exactly. our news platform can always be the latest breaking news. And we are willing to show people at their worst. Worst, yes. Exactly. Because that's another thing I was going to speak to. Um, I, I see that happen a lot now. Like it always kills me when we go out um, and we're in the streets and we're um, doing evangelistic kind, kind of work. We're evangelizing and you're serving like let's say we're serving the homeless. It always kills me. You have these people like, look at me. I'm serving. I'm serving food to the homeless or I'm doing this and that. And it's like, do you get the, that these people are probably at one of the lowest points of their life and that's something that they don't def they don't want documented and they definitely do don't want broadcast but right. as you said people are so interested in self self promotion and yes. all of those things that they totally forgotten about humanity they, i think what we are driving toward and what you and i are describing is a loss of humanity we're losing our humanity we're losing our um ability to feel and think about and, and empathize with one another. And it, and right. we're creating, like you said, desensitized to the things that once upon a time were unheard of. And if they, and if you did see it, it was like great and shocking and almost had you like flabbergasted and blown over. And now it's like, okay, next. And it really does, it, it says a lot about why we are and who we are and what um, what we stand for. And I'm really, I'm really on the fence because a lot of these situations, like you just gave an example, where we are showing people at their lowest, uh, sometimes things have to be exposed. The, the death of um, the gentleman Floyd, it had to be. That had to it be. Had it had to be shown. It Definitely. had to be. Because some of us, not even white people, some of us have to realize that this is a problem. Thank we you. sympathize with the the with the other cultures because we found people from those cultures that have been nice to us. But we have to start showing everybody that this is not this this end with Emmett Till or the genocide exactly. or the, right. the gentleman from uh from New York, the gentleman who just just are recently getting their lives back together. Right. We, we have to begin to show these things, but there has to be a better balance of how we report that because even in the midst of what we're in right now, nobody should be showing deaths right now. Right. And if report on it, have the have the links that people can choose to go and watch it if they want right. to. But we're showing this on platforms. I it's hard for me to even watch. And we live in Maryland. So we see kind of the highs and lows of a lot of stuff that happened along this coastline. And, and it's it's ugly. It's in our faces a reality. I'm here in Baltimore. So that 30-second clip mixed with all the episodes of The Wire and the Homicide, they play in people's head. And I've traveled abroad. I've traveled to other states. And that's the only clip that people notice. You know about Baltimore. But I, let, me, let me ask you this. I know you know this to be true about um, just as an educator, as a teacher. Um, just in speaking to what you're saying now, I've always been a person who, um, I just, I laugh because I just, uh, talked to my husband about this. When I was at Temple University, I worked in the African-American studies department and there was this phenomenal woman by the name of Sonia Sanchez. And she talked, always talked about, 
um, the TV being an idiot box. And Dr. Asante, I actually worked under Dr. Asante because he was the head of Temple's um, um, African-American Studies Department. And so they talked about how people are fed different things, like how the, um, the media impacts people and how television watching impacts people and stuff like that. We, I had parents who didn't allow a lot of television. Like um, my mom didn't even really like for us to watch cartoons because they were too far-fetched. A lot of them were laden with a lot of um, a lot of um, racism, racism, a lot of violence and undertones and things like that. So now I've, I've watched my husband, who's totally different from me. He absolutely loves cartoons. And I'm look, I look at him and it's like I can't get into it, even the so-called adult cartoons like Family right. Guy and all that kind of stuff, because I just wasn't allowed to watch cartoons like that when we were younger. Right. But I mm-hmm. think about all um, all of those things. Uh, and, and what you're saying about that, and I and I want to speak to you, act, just ask you this uh, about what do you, how do you feel about all being able to see all of these things and people not thinking about not only are adults watching but kids are watching too. How do you see? You can see the impact on kids. You can see how kids um, are becoming kids themselves are becoming more aggressive, more violent in nature, more desensitized. And I don't think that people are thinking about the kids because it really begins in the cradle. You know, what we teach them now is what they, they'll live what they learn. What they learn right now is what they'll end up living um, later on in life. Have you, as an educator, noticed that just with seeing all these salacious stuff, all this depravity, all of this desperation, all of this despair, all of this death, have you seen the, the, have you seen the attitudes and the demeanors of the kids changing? I'm I'm here to tell one, I'm gonna start with me. I remember how smart I was as a child. I I remember all the way back from being potty trained. So that's how far my memory goes. And I don't know about a lot of other people, but right. I remember a lot, I recall a lot, and I just remember being smarter than the average kid people expected me to be at that no age. Right. I just didn't speak on it. I've taught high school, I've taught adults, I've taught middle school, and most recently, I'm teaching elementary school. Children are smarter than we give them credit for. Mm -hmm. Children know more, they see more, uh, because people don't think children understand things because they see them in front of them. What I've noticed from children is, especially because I started teaching high school and I kind of went backwards. Um, and what I've noticed, I have pre-K students. I teach pre-K in first grade now. And I, I have those students who in in their outlet time when we're like, tell me about your weekend or tell me about, they're able to recall things and they have an honesty in them that adults don't have. We know what right. to stop saying or say right. or how right. to structure things. Children don't know how yeah, to. They have no that. filter at all. They have no filter. And it's not purposefully. They just don't know what not to share. Right. Other than what, what has been beat into them or been scolded into them not to say. Other right. than that, children are really direct. What I've noticed oh, yeah. is children have, uh, children are more traumaed. Uh, they have more trauma in their, under their belt and they're more triggered than I've ever been able to see before. Yeah. Uh, and, and as children grow older, they lose that inability to be so honest and be so forthcoming. But 
children are, it's scary where a lot of our children are. Some yeah. way we see a lot of adult, adults right now, there are children that are at that depression state. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think a child should ever be depressed. Thank it, you, exactly. It, it just, it didn't, I didn't know certain things. I didn't know how the light stayed on or how groceries were always in the refrigerator. I mean, I saw my mother go pay bills and go to the grocery store, but I really didn't have any recollection of how she was able to do that. Right, and, right. And I, but now children understand things in ways that are unimaginable. Oh, yeah. And I like yeah. that, that that children are getting more truth, but there's no there's no kind of level or no no um, boundaries. There should be, there should be yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Even the Bible speaks about not um, exposing children Two things, um, you know, a lot of people think about Song of Solomon, the, the book of Song of Solomon. They think of it as a, um, they think of it more as a relationship between a man and a woman. And in the Song of Solomon, it talks about not exposing people to certain things too soon. Um, right. Specifically, right. It's about not awakening the um, the emotional feelings in a person because God made us feelings and emotional creatures. And once you awaken that, meaning like um, a lot of people think about puberty and sex, they think about it in a sexual nature. Once you awaken that, it's no taking it back. But when mm-hmm. you think about it, it's that whole idea is also applicable to the mind of a child. You're, right. you're right in saying kids have been exposed to so many things too too soon. And it's, it's too much and it's too soon. And I asked you that because I most recently have started going back into the school system too. I, I had um, my nephew Kobe was having a few things going on at his school. And so um, my sister and myself started, we literally were going back in forfeits in his school and, and staying all day. And the teachers were all happy and grateful, like, oh, thank you. Can you come back again? And in, in being in the classroom setting, it, I was horrified. I'm serious because, I'm, I, and that's just, I have to be honest. I was horrified at, like you said, how traumatized the kids were and how triggered they were. The smallest thing set them off. They responded in ways that I just couldn't even imagine responding um, as as far as talking back to teachers, Mm -hmm. throwing things, attacking one another. I noticed that on Mondays, and I guess it's because they they spent the whole weekend in the trauma and the junk and the garbage and the mire and the muck. Mondays were the worst days for kids because yeah. it's like they, they were coming in off of all of that. Tuesdays were a little better. And I noticed, and this is crazy, that by Wednesday, they were good. Wednesday seemed to, we, we call, and it's crazy because as adults, we call uh, Wednesdays hump days. But I would uh-huh. venture to say that kids would call, should call it happy days because they were happiest on Wednesday. And then it seemed like it started to be a downturn on Thursday. And then they were cra- crazy and all over the place again on Friday. And I think because Wednesday was so far from what, for, so far farthest away from the weekend and on both ends, that's when kids were happiest because then when we started approaching the weekends again, they started to get to the point where they were unhappy, they were disgruntled and all right. of those things. It's the consistency. Uh, by Wednesday, they've gotten certain level of structure that they may not get at home. So exactly. even though they're going home and coming back, it's still a level of consistency where we do the same thing every morning, exactly. we go to lunch at the same time, 
You may right. go to recess at the same time. There's a structure to that day, even right. though the end of the day may end uh, crazy or get crazy. During the daytime, I have this level. So by Wednesday and Thursday often, they've already developed. Friday, right. it's like, uh, I'm exactly. being able to understand I got to go home to whatever crazy that I got to exactly. go home to. And I'm not going to get a break for two days. I'm not going to get a break for two days. Right. So whatever they're going through, they may be hungry for the weekend. They exactly. may be, you know, malnourished or no attention is being paid to them or they don't right. get beaten or they're going to have to take care of their siblings or all of those stresses that they have will then right. be put on them. Topple that with what they're watching on TV. Amen. Not yeah. giving them. I, I, I'm not a TV watcher. Literally, I had to get cable doing this so I could have a better like uh, internet service. <laughs> right. And uh, and I've been watching more of it. And I'm saying to myself, who lets their child watch Family Guy right. or The Simpsons or right. any of these adult cartoons? Who lets right. their children do this? Like right. your husband may find humor in that because he's a grown man. Right. But, uh, People are letting their children sit oh, yeah, and watch these things. I remember when The Simpsons first used to be on the Tracy Ullman show. It was risky then. But today, you got levels of humor that is just, Off it shocks me watching it. And I'm sitting there watching it. Family Guy is, I can't even watch. I watched a couple episodes of that. Yeah. I can't do it. It's, it's, I, it's I'm not there yet. I'm, it's atrocious. It really is. Yeah. because I And I'm right there with you because I'm like the person who um, I, I see myself as, as a servant of the Lord. My body is a temple. And so I want to keep my temple clean. So I um, am the tech person who I don't want to um, watch the Jerry Springers and the things like that. Why? Because I want to still be shocked if somebody tells me that somebody's mother is sleeping with their daughter's husband. Like, I, <laughs> that should yeah. be like, that should, that should be. Just knock you down shopping. Normal. It shouldn't but be a normal. But if you condition thing. yourself and you watch these things and you you consistently watch it, it becomes um you get desensitized. So it becomes your new norm. And then it's and then what people don't understand is the same way you can feed a good habit, you can feed a bad. And the same way you can feed a um a desire for something good, you also can feed a desire for something bad. So starting out, you might start out watching one thing, but then that monster, that thing in you that grows, that wants to hear that salacious thing, that wants to hear all of that um, junk and garbage, it grows. And so yeah. then it makes you have to graduate to seeing, watching, doing first things to get your fix, so to speak, from just growing that that monster within. And it's, it's strange because, again, my point for uh, – well, not – creating the topic today, what is your uh, social footprint or your digital footprint? It, re it really, uh, it, it had everything to do with what we're putting out there because everything that is being put out there is directly connected to what people are receiving and bringing into themselves. Exactly. And it's really, I, I, my, I guess my, this, the, the last portion of this for me is for you, what, what would you say your footprint is, your digital footprint? Or if you're not there yet, what would you like for it to be? Well, at this moment, I would say that my digital footprint is one that is a praise for the Lord, one that is a uh, encouragement for God's people, 
and one that um, is in of empowerment for everyone. Mm, I always, right. always want that to be um, what is synonymous with Sherry. If somebody yeah. says Sherry Shepherd, I want that to be the thing that that I'm known for. I often think about when when somebody dies, you know, mm-hmm. and then you go and look at their Facebook page. And you might go like a day of, of uh, and it always freaks me out when I know somebody who died and I look at their Facebook page and it's like, man, they might've said this on the day before they died. And, or you go back a week ago and they yeah. said that. And sometimes it's, it's awful. It's like awful stuff that they may have said and not the most flattering things Amazing. and make it not yeah. put them in the most flattering light. And it's like, mm. you would think, man, if they knew that this might be their last post, they might've posted differently. I always want to be the person that no matter when the Lord, hallelujah, decides to take me home, mm-hmm. I'm not embarrassed or ashamed of what I posted. I'm not guilty of leading somebody astray. I'm not um, guilty of dishonoring the Lord. So what I want my digital, what I'm trying to create, because it's, all, it's, it's a work in progress. Like I said, every time you post, every time you like something, every time you share something, you're creating and adding to your digital footprint. I want mine right. to always be one of positivity and of praise. And um, and I want that to be also my legacy. If God should take me home, I want people to say, well, if I if I um, read something of Sherry's, it encouraged me toward the Lord. You know, if I saw something that Sherry posts, it made it made me smile because anything else is not is not worth it to me. Mm-hmm. Can you tell? Can you tell us? Uh, tell us about your your show. Of course, um, famous is is an online talk show, but we actually are on other platforms. And I, I like to begin by telling people, famous um, is an acronym. This is something that the Holy Spirit gave me because, and it also it was in response to the very thing that we're talking about, getting away from the idea of me, 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 and getting back to the idea of. Praise the Lord. Famous is an acronym for faithful and mighty operating under the sun. And of course, the sun is Jesus Christ. Um, it is a platform where we bring people on. And um, I don't want to say ordinary pe- people because that has a negative connotation. But we bring God's people on and show how they're doing extraordinary things in their lives. And show how though we too, so that we can be a, a beacon to someone, a light. Uh, uh, encouragement to show somebody, okay, you can do this or, okay, you can do this. And these are the steps how to get to where I am. So we are a, a, a show that always endeavors to educate, to empower, and to c- encourage God's people to a greater life and a, and a, and a better relationship and closeness with Christ. I love, I love acronyms. I, I try to create one every school year. I love them too. Uh, because it kind of <laughs> encompasses, it, it makes us look at words differently. It makes us see the significance in it and dig a little bit deeper when we think about uh, how we use words and how powerful they are. And it's interesting that you brought brought that up because today I was thinking about what our life uh, amounts to. And it used to be that dash on our tombstone. Right, right. Now I'm kind of almost leery to understand what our life has become. Like, is it is it the last moments? Uh, the, I heard people saying this incident that we just went through in terms of the pandemic 
and this horrific murder or string of murders that we've had on the hands of the police officers, uh, it's almost that death rattle. We're in that death rattle where we we hear that that last warning that death is coming, um, right. and connecting that to that dash uh, that that is on our tombstone. What is our life to amount to? What 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 do we stand for? Is it is it that last social media post? Is it is it all the work that we've done? Like, will we be remembered for those things, or we will we be remembered for that last salacious comment that we made, or that angry rant that we had on social media? It's it's very interesting to understand that. Um, can you let us know where we can find you at on social media and and uh, sure. be able to contact you or tune in? Sure. Well. I am uh, Sherry Shepherd. That is my Facebook page. And I encourage anybody and everyone to visit me there. I'm almost to my limit of friends, but um, God be praised, it, it's a public page. So whether you're, you're, you're friends, quote unquote, or, or not, I, we can still correspond. So that's Sherry Shepherd. And it's Shepherd, the traditional Shepherd, like to lead people's kind of um, spelling S H E P H E R D. I am also the administrator of the famous um, with Sherry Shepherd Facebook page. So you can visit famous, um, the Facebook famous with Sherry Shepherd. We also have a YouTube channel, which is famous with Sherry Bailey. And, and it's only that way because for whatever reason, YouTube is, is um, fighting me. And I, I just said to my husband, I might have to shut that down and start a new page with, just so it has my married name so that everything is aligned. But on YouTube, it's, I believe, yeah, I think it's still famous with Sherry Bailey on YouTube. Um, Instagram, it's famous with Sherry. Um, and on Twitter, I'm Diva Doll Sherry. And that's okay. only because my Twitter is years and years and years old. But um, <laughs> yeah, you can, you can find me there. I'm always looking. I'm sure, as so are you, Nate, because I see you have an awesome guest coming up, coming up on the first, right? Um, yes, yes. And I'm going to I'm going to tune in and check you out and check out that brother. But um, uh, I'm always looking for anybody who has a story, an inspiring story to tell, or um, is moved by the Lord to share. Because even when the Lord moves us, we know it's for a reason. We know that He's He'll have us to testify or to mm-hmm. share our testimony that we may be a blessing to others. So I, I always welcome people to call me. Um, my number escapes me right now. I actually have a business number because I don't call it. Um, it, it just escapes me. It, so I'll give it to you, Nate, or maybe uh-huh. post on this once we're done. But I have a, um, a business number and you can also contact me at famouswithsb at gmail.com. And that's my email. And so, I, as, as I said before, I always welcome anyone who has anything interesting, either you who, who are watching or you, as you hear our exchange, you think of someone who has something that they might be able to offer. If not reaching out to me, I encourage you all to reach out to my brother, Nate, because I know he has a fantastic platform and he's excellent in what he's, he does. And I believe that... Um, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So I'm not one who would never say, oh, only speak to me. God bless you. I, I want you to speak to Nate, me. Um, I, we have, I, I have uh, other uh, wonderful colleagues at Awesome God Radio. Um, 
is lovely ladies and gentlemen who do the Good Life Gospel Show on Saturday mornings mm-hmm. from nine to eleven. Um, I, I have a, I know, I know a good brother, Rashad, uh, a bow tie meals who does something. So we have a lot of people out there and I believe that it is incumbent upon us who are people of God to lock arms, you know, and come together and uplift the people because it's so much to do that one person can't do it. One person can't do it. Yes. And so it is incumbent upon us to, you know, partner with each other. And like you said, and I guess this is bringing it full circle. When you started out, you said you love the idea of partnering and not just saying, um, oh, oh, I'll share your stuff and you'll share mine. And that mm-hmm. because that's not really partner. That's like we're talking in passing. But yeah. true partnership means we are we are making an agreement to say, OK, Nate, whatever you're doing, I'm supporting you. And I know you you're going to reciprocate. And we are locking arms to mm-hmm. bring people to a better place in their lives. So. So as we come to an end, we got, I have one final question that I ask all of my guests. Sure. Uh, and before we go on, just remember, tune in Monday. Uh, we got DDM coming on. And don't forget the Artist Exchange Virtual uh, Artist Series that you can find on this page. Uh, there are a string of events that we're helping to support our artist community and our writers, our actors, our performers, all the same. Uh, and I'm going to close out by asking you, we have two minutes left. Uh, what question would you would you ask your seventeen year old self? And, and you know, what advice would you give to your seventeen year old self? I'm sorry. And what question would you ask your one hundred year old self? And closing uh, out, the best advice I could give to my seventeen year old self is: do not be deceived by the enemy. Um, mm. When you're young, the enemy um, tricks you into believing that. There is not a good life in Christ that um, following God is not fun and and it's not fulfilling and nothing could be further from the truth. So I would tell 17-year-old Sherry, who was quite the party animal, I was a a wonderful student. Don't get me wrong. I got the best of grades, went on to college and did all of that. But yet and still, I was a party animal. And because I want to hold on to that life so desperately, um, I I, I took the attitude, I'll get with you later, Lord, when I'm like 50 or 60 and about to die, I'll start to know mm. 17 year old Sherry, know that you can have a wonderful, fulfilling life in Christ, even as a young person. What would I ask 100 year old Sherry? If I made it to be 100, 100 year old Sherry, can you please write down what you did that made you, uh, that helped you to make it to that age? Or now I'm not going to say helped you because really our life is contingent on and, and a blessing from the Lord. But let me, I would ask 100-year-old Sherry, looking over that 100-year lifespan, could you give me advice on how to live a, a better life? Um, because a lot of times we um, we fumble around and, and, and have experiences and we don't have to. We could be vicarious learners. But mm-hmm. So I would ask 100-year-old Sherry, give me some advice on how I could do it better in making it to the 100. And with that, this has been another edition of the Artist Exchange Radio Show, only on BeExposedRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in on Monday, where we'll have recording artist, hip-hop artist, DDM. Uh, he'll be talking about his latest project and everything that's going on with politics and art and everything in between. Thank you, Sherry. I appreciate you. you. We'll continue to talk and figure out how yeah. we can continue to work together. Um, and everybody out there, uh, unfortunately, 
We won't have cocktail socials today. They'll be back next week. But uh, at nine o'clock, I believe it's nine o'clock. We'll have uh, it is what it is radio show with Tyree Miles and all his wonderful co-hosts and guests. So uh, thank you again. And this has been a artist exchange. Thank you. I think we're off. But thank you. I appreciate you.